I believe that there is value there for the homeowners. I'm not saying it because it's my job. I'm not saying it because I make however much money off of each one. I truly believe in it. And I think that the customers don't realize what's available to them. They also don't realize what they want or they need in certain circumstances. So it's my obligation to let them know, hey, this is absolutely something that is going to benefit you, whether it's short-term or long-term. I believe it. I've used it. It's awesome. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I'm Brian. And we are excited to have a new interview for you today. As we mentioned in part one, we're continuing our series on riches and niches, and this time we're focusing on service agreements. And for that, we have our special guest, Tracy Martin, is joining us. She is a customer service representative at One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, although she actually uh, technically answers the phones and, and handles things for Ben Franklin and Mr. Sparky as well, since we're tri-branded here. But we're super excited to have her on the show. So welcome, Tracy. Thanks, guys. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you asking me. We're excited to have you, Trace. Awesome. So we're focusing on service agreements um, for the, the topic here, and specifically within the Riches and Niches series. And so we want to kind of uh, dig into that, that today. But before we get started, Tracy, we always like to learn a little bit more about the people that we're talking to. So how did you get here? Do you have background in the trades? Uh, what's your story? I do not actually have a background in the trades. Um, I predominantly worked almost my entire life in the restaurant industry. I was fortunate enough for quite a few years to um, be the uh, lunchtime favorite server of quite a few employees here in That's the right. office. Me included. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> BB, you were my favorite. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Nobody's going to hear it from here. <laughs> yeah, so as we got to know each other over the years, I feel like we formed a good bond. One day in passing, uh, one of the gentlemen said to me, um, hey, we'd be, love to have you in our company. If you're ever looking for a change, let us know. I kind of pondered that for about two years. Woke up one day like, hey, I'm 40. Do I really keep wanting to do this? And, you know, kind of reached out and it was all uphill from there. All uphill. <laughs> it was uphill from there. Uphill from there. <laughs> the best phone call I ever made. All we right. asked her about twice a week, as it were, <laughs> for those two years. <laughs> yeah, there might have been a little nudging. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's fantastic, Tracy. We've actually found, um, not just with you, but success in general with people coming out of the restaurant and hospitality industry, it seems to be a pretty good fit for our customer service teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of the folks in the restaurant industry, it comes very natural to us. Uh, the bonding and rapport, uh, you know, kind of evaluating what folks like, what they're used to. It's, it's a very similar process, just, you know, set in the food industry versus the HVAC uh, plumbing and electrical world. 
Now, spending that much time in the restaurant industry, did you find it difficult to transition from what's typically a stand-on-your-feet, fast-paced environment, uh, you know, where whatever is happening and, and the kitchen's on fire and orders aren't getting done and people are upset <laughs> and whatever else is going on, right? Into a, a quiet, more calm office where you're sitting at a desk focusing on a computer all day long. I mean, how, how was that for you? Absolutely. That was a big uh, transition. I didn't know what to expect. Had never worked in an office before. Uh, being on your feet all day, that takes a toll on you. So it's nice to sit, relax, but it's also nice to get up, stretch your legs a little bit, move around. Um, but yeah, being being in the office, completely different. I didn't know what to expect. Worked out well for me. I feel like I have a pretty good routine as far as you know, getting up, getting the exercise. It's definitely a much slower pace. It's nice. Yeah. So along with that transition, Tracy, I'm curious, like, what were some of the deciding factors that kind of tipped it, tipped the scale, you might say, um, from from one side to the other, where you're like, yeah, this is time, it's time for a transition. And specifically, why, why into this? I mean, you had the opportunity to consider other options, I'm sure, when you were thinking about that decision, as far as, you know, whether you wanted to just move restaurants or, you know, a, a thousand different industries, for sure. So why here? And what was it that kind of made you decide that? Yeah, so um, the dis there were a lot of deciding factors, to be honest. I would say um, a lot of it had to do with my age. You know, got to be 40, started thinking about my future, didn't have a 401k. Uh, my husband has a plan for us, but, you know, I wasn't didn't feel like I was carrying my own weight in that regards. Um, so literally it was just been here, time to start something different, give it a shot. Um, as far as specifically why I chose here, I had over the years um, – you know, obviously gotten to know people, heard about the company, kind of what they're all about as far as, you know, um, an office environment, core values of the company, didn't know anything about the home service industry, just seemed like it would be a good challenge, a great company to work for, and a good place to start just trying something different. I find it interesting that um, you have no background in the trades, which actually for a significant part of our office staff and customer service team, that, that is the case. And yet uh, we found in many ways that that is perfectly fine and, and sometimes to the advantage because sometimes people who have background in the trades, they start going to like troubleshoot mode over the phone and, and they try to kind of diagnose things and get themselves in a little bit of trouble. Whereas somebody who um, doesn't have that type of background is more of an investigator, more curious by nature. And that tends to really lead to not only good uh, answers and questions in the conversation, but also good notes for the technician, and then also the opportunity to present service agreements, which is really what our topic's about today. So have you found that to be the case as well? Absolutely. So I can't give anybody some bad advice or help them troubleshoot if I don't know anything about the technical world. Um, over the years, I've actually developed a pretty decent vocabulary and understanding of things, you know, when customers are talking about it. But I've learned that literally just by asking questions. Um, I ask a lot of questions. It makes the customer com comfortable, makes them feel like they're participating in the process, helps them gain trust that, hey, you know what, maybe she is here to help me um, without misguiding them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've proven that out not only in your your booking ratios and customer satisfaction and those types of things, but also in your ability to present service agreements and effectively sell them over the phone, which you're doing in mass. In fact, uh, just for our listeners out there, Tracy consistently ranks in the top five in the nation as far as 
sales, service agreement sales over the phone for a customer service rep. So kudos to you, Tracy. Oh, thank you. A lot of hard work. Absolutely. And so we want to jump into the topic here since you are the expert on the matter and ask you more about the details here. So let's start at a base level. What is a service agreement? So a service agreement here in our company is basically um, an understanding between us and our customers that we're going to be their go-to guy. We're going to provide them preventative maintenance service as well as be there for them. Um, you know, when they get into one of those unexpected situations, they know exactly who to call. They have some built-in um, repair discounts uh, for those times. And basically just we're here for you. We got you. Take some of the stress off of you and help to prevent those scenarios. Absolutely. And it's that go-to guy or, you know, I, I, I've got a guy type mentality that is really what we're going for in these service agreements. Um, in fact, we look at these in light of pretty much the same filter that we do for other things as well, which is the triple win, which we've talked about on this podcast before, and we'll talk about it again. But that's a win for the customer, a win for the employee, and a win for the company. So walk us through the triple win in regards to a service agreement. How is it a win for the customer? How is it a win for the company? And how is it a win for you personally? Absolutely. So um, how is it a win for the customer? Literally, um, they have a go-to guy. They might not know that they want one, might not have ever, ever had one before, but the next time they're in a high-stress emergency scenario, they're going to be grateful that they have one phone number to dial. They know that there's someone there 24 hours a day to pick up. It's a win. They have the preventative maintenance, help to avoid those scenarios, and they save money. Um, as a homeowner, who doesn't want to save money? anytime they can. Um, in my mind, there's lots of other benefits for the customer. Those are kind of the top three that pop into my head that they would see um, the most immediate and use the most often. Yeah. And so asking about that a little bit more in depthly, um, I'm sure you speak to a lot of customers on a weekly basis. And, you know, if you're a new homeowner or you're new to the area or any of those types of things, you do kind of feel lost, right? Yeah. As far as like, who do I call or who handles this or, or what do I do? So have you found that to be the case in, in talking to customers that like, oh, I didn't know you guys did that type of thing? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I envision, hey, the hot water heater's leaking. You're a new homeowner. You've never been through that before. Perhaps there's a little tension between maybe the husband and wife. You know, you got all the emotions running high. And what do you have to do? You have to find a phone book. You have to go through the Google. Who's going to answer? You call three different people, leave voicemails. No one calls you back. Uh, one of the benefits of the service programs is with our company, it's the exact opposite. You know exactly who to call. There's always someone here to take care of you. Literally take that stress off your plate um, in an already high commotion situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's certainly a win for the customer because absolutely. not only do they know that they have somebody coming out, but they know that it's a reputable company. They get to know our techs, our plumbers, our electricians. They get to know these guys and they, they say, you know, I trust having Jamie in my home. I trust having Charlie in my home, whoever it is. Uh, and that that's a massive win for a homeowner to, to be able to invite somebody, um, a stranger effectively into their house and know that they can be trusted with whatever they're going to be doing. Absolutely. They even get um, accustomed to us as call takers. So, yep, they're used to having Charlie. They've built a good rapport with them. Um, there are many, many people that'll call in, ask for a specific CSR, myself included, or I'll pick up the phone and they'll say, oh, Tracy, I was hoping it was you because we have that relationship. I've answered the call over the years. They're comfortable with, you know, knowing who's going to be on the other end. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And another just big shout out to you, Tracy, for being able to develop that without ever seeing anybody face to face. So awesome. All right. So that's the win for the customer. Uh, Walk us through the win for the company. Win for the company. Um, I would say it gives us a solid customer base, right? We know that if someone has a service agreement with us, it's likely they won't be calling another company. Um, So anytime something goes wrong in the home or they're just curious about maybe water treatment or, you know, with the COVID, everyone's thinking about indoor air quality. They know exactly who to call. We're going to be their guy. Um, So it definitely gives us that solid customer base um, basically in our back pocket. Yeah, and that's fantastic. And from a company's perspective, I mean, the ability to have um, count on customers, you might say, uh, is just critical, right? In fact, in some extreme views, we only have as many customers as we have service agreement customers, right? Sure. Because the rest of the people are potential customers or previous customers or future customers. But paying now, paying monthly customers – are they're, they're, they're customers now, and they are, you know, quote unquote, locked into agreement, meaning that we should, in all situations that we can think of, be their first call. And that's just so critical from a company's perspective to be able to count on that type of um, somewhat guaranteed business, you might say, especially in slow times. Sure. Like loyalty. It's, it is kind of like measuring loyalty. Mm-hmm. If uh, a company is looking to buy a, another service company like a plumbing or HVAC or electrical company, one way to measure their value is by how many plan customers they have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so in many cases, you know, if, if you're working for a company that doesn't have that and you come to slow times, like who can you count on to give you business? Uh, and so from, from a company's perspective, the ability to outbound to those customers and say like, hey, it's time for your maintenance or it's time to you know, get your annual checkup done, whatever it is, it's just invaluable. And from so, the, the yeah. uh, technician standpoint, it's a matter of having something to do when other companies, local companies are slow. We might have a few thousand customers to call upon to say it's time to do the, the maintenance or maximizer, if you will, um, and we get to go out and service their HVAC, plumbing, or electrical system when we might not otherwise have work in the slow season. Absolutely. Big win for the company there. We've already covered the win for the customer. Uh, What we got left, Tracy? Well, that would be, how is it a win for me? Two answers in my opinion. Uh, Number one, obviously it's financial. So when I do sell a service agreement, um, I am compensated for that, whether it's um, the immediate uh, bonus for that or a long-term residual for the life of that plan. Obviously, that would be um, the most forefront win. But to be honest, uh, I also really enjoy the emotional side of it. Like I like being able to help somebody. I like helping them to find the value in the service agreement that they are choosing to move forward with. It makes me feel good. I know I'm helping them. It helps us here as a company. It's a win-win for me, them, and us in general. Yeah, and uh, you know, with with your numbers that you're posting, I think you have you've you've won time and time again there. I <laughs> yeah, believe a couple times, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, we love that. So, okay, that kind of diving into the topic at hand here, which is riches in niches. Uh, this certainly is a niche in a way that, uh, first of all, not every company has service agreements, mm-hmm. so there's a niche there. But then also within that, 
you know, there's different types of a service agreements. Uh, there's different levels. There's different approaches to it. And we're not going to get into all the boring details as to what we do and how we do it and all that stuff. But I want to focus on, you know, the core niche here, which is service agreements. In your mind, why exactly is that a niche that has riches in it? You know, where does that come from? So I would say the riches comes from, you know, finding the ability to relate to the customer, figure out exactly what their needs are, be able to, in an effective way, um, single out what is the biggest pain, whether it's upfront pricing or, you know, the out-of-pocket service call fee, the maintenance down the road, um, figuring out exactly what that need is, using that to your advantage as far as the starting point, and then... Um, add in the other details as you go down the down the list that maybe aren't as important to that person as someone else. Yeah, and so within that, like it, the, the difference there is whether it's something people actually want or not, right? right. I mean, because let's just say, for example, um, uh, we were charging $5.99 a month, which would be like ridiculous, a, a crazy low number. And it would, the benefit that you get from that is one free filter every year. So you do the math on that and you're like, okay, let's see, $6, 12 months, $72, one free filter. Like that doesn't make sense at all. So at some point, the plan can't just be a plan for the sake of having a plan. There actually has to be a niche. There has to be something within that that people are saying, ah, yeah, that's something that I want. And that niche is, well, we believe we found it. And, and not only do we believe that we found what people want, we also believe that we found people who believe that they know how to present it to people who know what they want. And that's where you come in. Yeah, so I think what um, a lot of folks don't understand um, just from lack of experience is that they do want to save money. They do want to protect their investment. They do want to know exactly who to uh, reach out to in a time of crisis. People don't know that that's what they want. I take a lot of pride in being able to provide them that information, let them make the decision. And most folks do ultimately see the value in it and realize, hey, I do want those things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you've become so effective at talking about that. It's just, it, it's second nature to you. And so that's why you're on here, Tracy, because you have mastered the technique. You've mastered the niche um, that leads to riches. And, and that is the service agreement. So uh, if you're a plumber, if you're an electrician, if you're a technician, don't stop listening to this podcast because what Tracy's going to be talking about next here is 100% applicable on the field. Uh, she just does it over the phone. What you can do is you actually have an additional advantage of having the face-to-face -face conversation. Tracy's knocking these things out left and right without even having body language involved. Uh, but you in the field, you have you have all three elements of communication, body language, words, and tone. Uh, and, and so this conversation should be even easier for you. So that's why Tracy's on here, because she's mastered the niche. And we want to dig into that, Tracy. So let's start with the, the presentation itself. How do you get a customer who is calling in, or in the case of our field people, who they're standing in front of, to let's start with education. How do you get them to know about the plan? Where do you start? Okay. So um, basically, I would start with that after we walk through the process, set the upfront contract of what they can expect during the call. We kind of discuss standard procedure as far as our flat rate pricing, uh, discuss our service call fee. And then I kind of transition a little bit into it depends on the scenario. Sometimes I roll with, hey, let me give you a little insider information. I know you're new to our company. 
I like to do that. Makes folks feel like they are, um, you know, getting a little secret. I'm doing them a solid. Sometimes I let people know, hey, I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't tell you about this um, service program, kind of whatever that transition looks like. And then throughout the course of the conversation, um, most of the time I have already identified what their immediate concern is. Is their immediate concern the inconvenience of having to miss work that this is going on? Is it the immediate out-of-pocket expense as far as the service call fee and the repair costs, things of that nature? Is it the that maybe they did call four other people and we answered. That would be the benefit that I start with. As okay, so uh, sorry to cut you off no? there, but the, the investigation process, are you doing that at the same time you're educating? Are you educating first, then investigating? Are you investigating before you educate? Like you kind of went straight from uh, the upfront contract to the insider secret, which I really like, into like understanding their, their pain points, you might say. Uh, is that how it normally goes or is it all kind of one big conversation? Do you order it in a certain way? So it kind of goes both ways. Uh, typically, I would gather all that information uh, during the call taking process find out, you know, exactly what's going on. Um, I do sometimes throw it in there if they talk to me about, you know, um, how, ugh, how much is this going to cost? What does it cost just to get you guys out? Hey, we do have a service call fee, but we do also offer plans that would, um, service agreements that would um, kind of take that away and alleviate some of that pain here today. So I kind of do both. I a little bit pepper it in the investigation, and then at the end, I do the full-on education process. Yeah, and for, for a person standing in the kitchen of somebody uh, that they're servicing right now, obviously the investigation process is kind of apparent as to why they are there, right? I'm there because mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know an issue is occurring. Uh, but that is that where the investigation stops or is there more that needs to be drawn out there? I mean, certainly, even once I get to that education stage, stage I'm still gathering information. I'm still finding out, hey, are you used to doing maintenances? Have you ever done that before? Do you believe in the preventative uh, value of it? Certainly throughout the entire phone call from start to finish, I'm always gathering information, whether it's how to bond with that person, whether it's equipment, exactly where the pain is. Um, I'm, I'm gathering the entire thing, hopefully instinctively piecing it all together and coming up with a presentation that is specifically to that client that's going to get them um, to realize they do want this from us. Okay, so uh, just kind of getting real practical here, what would be some like key points that you would be listening for in this investigation? Uh, specifically, I would be listening for, you know, is it their immediate out-of-pocket expense that is the most troublesome to them? Is it the long-term, hey, I don't want this to happen again? Um, or, you know, is it the whole package? Is it, yep, I love every single piece of it. Specifically, I would, you know, just evaluate each, quickly evaluate each one of the benefits and, you know, kind of see if I think that's something that's important to them. Yeah, and so, I mean, let's say that you start hearing some of these things like, um, the, the financial discounts are important to me mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, having somebody to call when I need somebody to call. How do you then tailor that into the actual presentation? 
Literally, those would be the first things that I say. Um, if I've picked up on that, I would start with that. I would go um, through a couple different of the other benefits. And then um, oftentimes, I think I actually circle back to that. Like if we talked about, hey, this is going to waive your service call fee today, then I might even later on in the presentation let them know. I know we talked about that service call fee thing, but that applies even on the weekends and holidays too. If that's their primary concern, then I want them to see that that would be every single time they would need us to come out no matter what. Okay, so giving a word picture here, it's like you have a toolbox and you're you're you have all kinds of tools within there, which would be like the different benefits of the plan. Mm -hmm. You're looking at the situation, you're listening for what tool you need to pull out of the toolbox and then you kind of go to work and making the the conversation. Which one do I use the most often? <laughs> I'm just confirming that's the way that Yes. Yes, that is a good analogy, Nate. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She needs to cut some PVC. She's not reaching for the hammer. Yep. <laughs> Pliers was where I was going with it, like prying out the information, prying out the credit card. Like, hey, I'm, I'm a pliers kind of girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so I think I have an understanding for you for, for what you're saying there. And even as a, a tech in the field, the investigation piece is critical to really what's going on there because you don't want to just assume that the reason that I am out here, you know, to fix your leaking pipe or to uh, get you air conditioning or to fix the switch that's not working, whatever it is, you don't want to assume that that is the be all to end all of how they make their decision, right? There could be other factors. Now, that's the immediate reason that you're there. But that might mean that, uh, you know, they only care about immediate service, like quick response and having that person to call. But it, it might also mean that they just had a problem that day, but they really value other elements of the plan, like long-term service, relationship, uh, or, or other benefits that come with it. So don't just assume that the reason that you are there is the sole deciding factor on how a customer or a client would make their decision. There could be many factors involved in that. And Tracy, I think that's what you're getting to with that investigation process, where you're kind of trying to root some of that out as to why they might be interested in something that we have to offer, and then you tailor the conversation into solving those problems. Exactly. Um, I do think that what makes me successful, one of the things is building trust. So it's always been very natural for me, the bonding and rapport aspect of it. it it's, a pretty, it's a pretty tough um, process to start from a customer that's never heard of us before to call in in a panic for me to take them from getting them an appointment, gaining their trust, walking them through our process, and then actually at the end of the call, having them be a customer for all three of our brands provided me payment information for a monthly service. Um, I think it's the same for the techs in the field. It's all about trust and getting someone to feel comfortable with you. And then just from there, how do you communicate the best with them? Absolutely. Um, so I want to ask you this, Tracy, what do you think is your average call length uh, for a customer that you are presenting and converting into a service agreement? <laughs> um, it's pretty long, actually. I think my calls are probably some of the longest in the company. Um, I'd say probably seven, 10 minutes, to be honest. Okay. So the reason that I think that's a funny response is because you're taking a complete stranger right. from, I've never met you before. I've never spoken with you before. 
and we will probably never actually meet in person, to giving you their entire credit card information and signing up for a membership within seven to 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty amazing, actually. <laughs> and so for any of you techs out there listening and you're saying, well, I don't have time. I don't have time to, uh, you know, go through all that stuff. All right. Tracy is literally taking somebody from, I don't know you to, yeah, I'd love to have a monthly membership with you in seven to 10 minutes. If you're in the field, you can absolutely do that. You can. Tracy's doing it and she's doing it over the phone. So no excuses there. And I love the fact that you're you're humble enough to say that you have long call lengths, Tracy, which is pretty <laughs> funny. So in some degrees, it could be even faster than that. Absolutely. And I've done it faster and I've had calls where I have literally invested 30 minutes. It's all about who's on the other end of the line. Have they ever been scorned before? How long <laughs> does it take for me to build their trust? Hell in their hath, confidence. Hell hath no fury like a service agreement customer <laughs> scorn. It's a, a new quote, I think. Anon had that one also. But anyways, uh, okay, so great stuff there, Tracy. Um, and I think I understand a little bit more about the investigation and the presentation. Let's talk about um, some objections. So you, you mentioned right there a scorned customer, somebody who's had a mem- membership or maybe somebody who's adverse to monthly fees and those types of things. What are some common objections that you hear and how do you handle them? So definitely budget would be the first one um, that we get the most common, followed up a close second with, I need to check with my wife. I don't want her to get angry. Um, (laughs) We have a lot of witty comebacks for that one. Uh, But um, I would say budget is typically the first one. Um, From there, it's just a matter of crunching numbers. Is it the the small monthly payment that doesn't work out for them? Is it that it's just too high? Maybe we can tweak the actual um, bundle that we're looking at from them. Um, it literally, it's pulling more information. Okay, so it's about money. Specifically, what is it? And what can we do to work together to put you in a situation where it does work for you? Okay, so along that same line there, Tracy, obviously we offer multiple price points uh, of different varieties there with different brands and services included and not included. Do you wait to present price until you've done a lot of investigation, including like, hey, would you be interested in a monthly payment? What's your budget? Do you just wing a price out there and like a hope and a prayer and and say like, hey, I hope this is a good price for you. We can go up and down from there. Uh, What's your process like in that? So it's totally case by case. Ideally, uh, what makes me comfortable is giving all of the benefits um, in a fashion that I think that the uh, client will most relate to and then asking them how they feel about it. Do you like what the program has to offer? Have you ever done anything like that? Um, From there, sometimes they'll be like, yeah, it's great. How much is it? Well, okay, we're kind of going to go there. Um, But oftentimes it just continues the conversation and they forgot that they even asked me about price to begin with. So it gives me the opportunity to build more value, more value, more value in the actual agreement. And then at the end, all right, well, does $17.99 per month fit in your budget? Do you think it's a good fit? Okay, so the price sometimes comes up early if the customer kind of forces the issue. Right. But if not, you're usually kind of explaining the benefits along the way. And then 
at the end, you know, oftentimes it's not an issue because you've built so much value into it beforehand. Right. And um, I do that because I want them to come up with their own price in their head. So maybe what I'm discussing is $17.99 a month. After we've had extensive conversations about it, I'm hoping that it, in their head, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, how much is this? Is this $45 a month? Because I've done such a good job instilling the value that when I bust out the $17.99, well, absolutely, $17.99, I got that. So it's like reverse sticker shock. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so just value, 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 tons of value. uh, And then the price objections start uh, fading away. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Now, another thing that you mentioned as far as objections goes is uh, consulting with another person. I have to check with somebody. I have to check with my spouse. I have to check with uh, you know my banker, whatever it is. Uh, and that becomes an objection. Uh, so uh, our techs in the field are going to have the same issue because oftentimes only one homeowner is home um, you know, and they might need to consult on that. So what is your uh, conversation sound like in overcoming that objection? Depends on the personality of the customer. If it is a gentleman who says, hey, the the boss lady, she controls the purse strings. I don't do anything without asking her. Um, if they're a jovial, fun kind of person, I just make jokes about it, literally. Like, hey, let's do this. I'll give you a seven-day grace period. Either she's going to look at you and say, Tom, you're the smartest man I know. What a great <laughs> idea. Or she's going to be like, Tom. What in the world were you thinking? <laughs> then you can throw your hands up and be like, hey, Trace said seven days. If it doesn't work, you know, then we can go from there. Um, I try to give them an out, basically. Like, gotcha. you're interested, you like it. I try and give them an out just in case it's not a, not a fit. Yeah, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Are there any other um, strategies or conversations you would have if, if somebody was uh, maybe more direct with you, like they're... Uh, they maybe they're more of a details person and they need to just like crunch the idea and turn it over in their head and over in their head and over their head and check with their checkbook and come back to you. Like, how do you handle that type of thinking? Sure. So in those scenarios, what I would do, some people, they like to see everything in writing. Obviously, um, I would offer to go ahead, send them the information in an email. I understand. Take some time to review it. If you decide once you review it with the spouse um, that it's a good it's a good fit, email me back. It's quick. I like to let them know it's not going to be a long process because they've already invested a lot of their time with me. It'll be a quick phone call. Um, I, I think in that scenario, just providing them the physical proof that what I'm saying is true and time. Just give them time to, to review it. Yeah. Um, what about the, the, the waffler? You know, somebody who is kind of like, eh, I'm not sure I've... I'm not really into the whole like membership thing. I mean, do you hear that type of objection? Absolutely. So they go back and forth. I don't want a lifelong commitment. How long am I locked into this? Life. Yeah, they're life life agreements. (laughs) Yeah. I actually use that um, kind of as an icebreaker, depending how the call's going. Like, hey, it's not a lifelong commitment. We just ask you to stick with the program for 12 months, evaluate at the end of it. You know, if it's something you want to continue with, great. If, you know, just that one year, then uh, certainly something we can evaluate at the end of that. But I use that uh, not a lifelong commitment thing on a regular basis. Um, as far as if they're back and forth, man, they're they're tough customers. It's kind of hard to get them to choose and commit. Um, I guess I would, 
instinctively just try and pull out of them what's their holdback have they been scorned before by another scenario do they just not buy it do they don't they there's got to be something in it for you guys is what i hear sometimes yeah there is it's that loyal customer base but the benefits that you would receive way out um number the benefits that we as a company receive yeah that's so good too. Um, and I'm also imagining that you probably come across some customers who are more of the, the relational side of things. And they're like, ah, you know, my nephew, my nephew normally takes care of this for me, but he's out of town or my neighbor normally uh, does this type of thing for me, but you know, he's under the weather right now or something like that. So how do you approach that type of conversation and overcome that objection? I would probably go straight to the holidays and the weekends. So, Hey, my nephew moved to Washington, DC. Okay, I completely understand when it's convenient for him to come up and help out. He'll come up, get you taken care of. But what are you going to do in one of those high stress scenarios, the holidays, the weekends, that person isn't available for you. We are. We got you. Uh, we're always here. You can have your nephew, you know, you know, maybe do some of the little stuff when he's in town. But for those big preventative maintenance and um, the on-demand calls where that person isn't local, you know who to call. We're here for you. Yeah. All right. So Tracy, another thing that I wanted to look at is cross-branding. So we have the unique opportunity here of being what's a, what's called a triple branded business. So we have three divisions, plumbing, HVAC, and electrical. Um, and so we get customers calling in traditionally in one line of that business, right? They're calling in because they have an electrical concern. They may not even be aware that we have other businesses or um, solutions for them. Uh, so how do you get somebody from Yes, I'm calling you for a specific need because my light switch is not working to, oh, wow, thanks, Tracy. I'm so glad that I now have a plumber and an HVAC tech that I can call whenever I need them. Absolutely. So sometimes um, I would go about that in a couple different directions. Sometimes I'll just present them a bundle from the beginning. Just, hey, here's... Um, this is a popular package with our clients. It's going to include both the plumbing and the electrical. And I just go all in with that. Like it's standard. It's normal. This is what uh, most people do. Uh, the other thing would be as I was gathering information, getting it into the computer, sometimes I'll just throw it out there. Like, hey, just out of curiosity, Nate, do you have someone that typically takes care of your plumbing concerns when they come up? I don't know if you know that about our company, but we do that as well. I definitely... I kind of just chuck it out there as a little bit of a, um, a teaser. Teaser, yes, thank you. And see what happens and go from there. When the customer is already existing and they are familiar with our one-hour guys and they have a service agreement with us, those are easy sales. That's easy. Hey, the process is going to be the same. I'm more than happy to match those benefits for you with the Mr. Sparky as well as the Ben Franklin. Then you know what? You have the whole company in your back pocket. Those are those are the easy ones. They're already familiar. They love us. Right. That's simply just mirroring and matching exactly. what they what they know and love to what they could know and love. Right. All right. So if you're out there and you're a technician in the field and you're enjoying this conversation, I mean, take note, like Tracy's providing some really good advice there on how to overcome common objections and then how to also help your brothers in arms. I mean, uh, you always want to throw a referral or get a little bit of extra business for, you know, the guys in the other colors, uh, whether they're yellow, blue or red, uh, because, you know, that's how we all kind of grow together. So Tracy's a master at presenting that type of bundled package. And I love that type of idea. 
Uh, so Tracy, we've kind of gone through the investigation. Uh, we've gone through the education. We've picked out some highlights from the conversation that the customer is like saying are important to them. We've used that information then to craft a you know handmade presentation for the customer. Uh, they've uh, maybe thrown a couple objections. We've overcome those. And they're now like, yeah, I, I think this makes sense. Is there anything else that you need to do to take care of business? Do you post sell it in any way and such, you know, that you're making sure that this is the decision that they want? Um, do you ask any more questions or what do you kind of need to do to finalize out the transaction? So typically once I get them to commit, like, you know what? Yep. That sounds like a great idea. Let's move forward. I kind of stop talking about the benefits. I have in the past talked myself out of a sale. Um, so I certainly, once I get them to commit, then let's move towards business. Hey, is this an okay time for me to gather payment information? Once I get a yes, I'm pretty much done unless they have questions. All right. So you said talked yourself out of a sale. What does that sound like? That's an interesting phrase. Whew. So um, basically, uh, in the early years, I would just keep going and going. Like I didn't realize that I had already gotten a subtle yes from them. Like the Energizer bunny against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very much so. Anyone that knows me, the mouth, it's always going, always talking about something. <laughs> so yeah, I pretty much, um, it's, it's important for me, my personality, my communication style, I need to halt. I've continued to dwell too much longer, too much details for the wrong personality type. And then they're like, you know what? I I'm over you talking about this. I changed my mind. Just book the appointment. Yeah. Yeah. And that can come from two places. One, when we, when we get the sale closed and we keep talking, we might bring up, we might answer an, an unasked question right. and bring up something that they're not interested in or remind them of an experience they had that was negative or the other side of that is just they had so much conversation in them for this for this time period and we just went past it now they don't feel like going through the uh, sign up process anymore they're just they're just exhausted yeah we've all 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 um salespeople have in their in their beginnings talk themselves out of sales that they know they had right there in their hand um and it just it's something that has to be learned over time so that's definitely uh what we would say is a no-no, all right? Don't over over talk. Don't continue on beyond the initial yes. Are there any other no-nos that you would recommend against, Tracy? Uh, me personally, I'm not big on. Um, it, it reminds me of an infomercial. But wait, you can add this. There's more. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, you want to give me forty-seven dollars? What about sixty-eight? That's not my style. I've I. I know it's effective for other folks, maybe in this industry or others. Um, I very much like to present, here's the bundle I'm offering you. Does that work? Cool. I'm not somebody, because um, I feel it's slimy. No one likes the used car salesman, right? You get a bad vibe like, oh, well, I'm going to take more of your money. And why don't you add this? Uh, that's not my personal style. That's a no-no to me. Does that mean that when you present a, a solution, a service agreement to the client, that you don't also offer the fact that there's ups and downs, like higher packages, lower packages? Do you bring that up at all? I do, actually. So pretty early on, typically in my presentation, I let the customer know, hey, um, basically, we offer a variety of service packages with different levels of service. 
by the time I get to that point in my conversation, I've already evaluated what their issue is, kind of assessed, um, you know, does it sound like they're going to need to replace their water heater today? If they are, then, you know, let's go for a high end. Let's get them the biggest out-of-pocket discount. Um, I, whichever one I've decided that I think would be a good fit for them, I present it to them and see um, how that goes. Depending on the objection, hey, is it about the monthly cost? Is that too much? Because we do have this option as well that maybe would fit the budget a little bit more. I'm yeah. big on fit the budget. I like that. Yeah. So it gives it gives you flexibility. And uh, like we talked about before in our options, options, options podcast, it gives the client choices to buy. Right. Right. As opposed to like, oh, it's, it's all or nothing. It's this package or nothing. Uh, so there's a lot of... Um, removal of pressure on both sides of that phone call or on both sides of that conversation. Yeah, I do also like to let people know um, this is what most of our clients do. Just in general, I feel like people are followers. Hey, if everyone else is doing it, there must be something good there. Like, sure, I want to be part of that group. I want to do that too. I don't say everybody because I'm not about being dishonest, but I certainly feel like that's effective to throw it in there. Most of our clients do this. Here's what you get from it. Here's why. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Now, Tracy, I'm imagining over your years of experience in having these conversations, you've probably had some return customers call you back uh, and sure. they've probably voiced their gratitude to you or perhaps some real world benefits like thanks so much you know what this what that agreement you gave me did was awesome uh, do you have any actual examples or stories of those types of conversations Ooh, that's a tough one um, off the top of my head, nothing comes to mind as far as someone come calling back and saying you know I had well, I mean, sure, they do it on a regular basis, actually. Hey, had to replace my water heater trace, saved $500 out of pocket that day. Now I'm having an issue with my um, HVAC system. You were the first person I thought of. I know that we had talked about you offered those those uh, programs for that as well. I'd like to have see that same savings on what my current issue is. Yeah, awesome. So Tracy, no doubt that you have mastered the niche here and the riches are coming to you. And that's really why we're talking about this subject is that there is a, a, an incredible missed opportunity here when people just say, eh, you know, memberships, oh, clubs, whatever you want to call them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're missing, you're missing it. Uh, Tracy can take a customer from, I don't know to, I don't know you to here is my credit card in under seven minutes. Uh, which is just incredible. And that's what I want to jump to now. Let's do a little role play here. So Brian is your customer and uh, we'll say he's a first time customer. So you have to even do a little bit extra there. Uh, I want you to walk him through what it would sound like to have uh, that conversation so that, you know, the technicians in the, in the field can feel more comfortable and more confident that they too can have this conversation. All right. So from start to finish, from the time I pick up the phone or once we get to the transition stage? We'll avoid the, uh, we'll avoid the actual booking of the appointment since most <laughs> of our listeners wouldn't be engaged in that. But let's talk specifically about the conversation where you are bringing up the plans. Okay. So um, as far as how I transition into that, uh, I would have just booked Brian's call. Um, it, I would go with the value build. So uh, first, I'm going to tell you standard procedure. So our standard procedure is going to be um, come out, do the evaluation, go over the information with you, answer your questions, give you upfront flat rate pricing. Uh, there is a service call fee for that. 
uh, for today's guaranteed appointment, that would be $76. Uh, but hey, Brian, I don't know um, if you'd be interested or not. I know you're new to our company. We do offer service agreements that most of our clients participate in. Um, basically, what it would do is right off the cuff, it's going to go ahead and waive that $76 service call fee, uh, help alle alleviate some of that out-of-pocket expense here for you today. What it's also going to do is it's going to give you a 15% discount on any repairs or installations that you would need down the line. Uh, one of the things I really like, Brian, about that is this actually comes with an extended two-year parts and labor warranty. I don't know if you're familiar um, in our industry as well as here in our company, one year is standard. So we've actually doubled that guarantee for you, give you that, um, you know, give you that confidence that we're here. We back our work. We got you. I know you're having an issue with your water heater today as well. If Fingers crossed, no one likes to think about it, but if your water heater were to be need to be replaced today, uh, we would give you an immediate $250 credit towards almost every water heater that uh, we offer. Then long-term, we're gonna come back and we're gonna service that water heater. So it's an investment for most folks. It's a decent out-of-pocket there expense. Let's protect it um, as much as we can, keep it factory fresh, running efficiently. Uh, we'll actually come do a whole home uh, plumbing safety inspection and do a water heater flush. Just get the gunk out of there. Make sure that new water heater um, or the older one is going to last as long as absolutely possible. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Do you like the details of that program? So I get uh, $76 off, 15% off any repair, and then $250 if we have to replace the water heater. Yep. So the $250 would be in conjunction with the no service call fee. The 15% off would apply to, you know, future down the road repairs. If it's not replacement that's needed today, even better for you, then that's where that 15% would kick in. Okay. And how much is this plan? Uh, it is $17.99 per month. It is budget friendly for most folks. I don't know what your scenario is. I don't know if that would be a good fit for you or not. Well, it sounds like I'm going to spend that money anyway, Tracy. Right? Absolutely. Here's the way I look at it, Brian. As a homeowner, anywhere I can catch a break on any out-of-pocket expense, I'm all for it. But hey, if you actually do the math, that's $17.99 a month. Overall for the year, it's only $215 and some change. If you use that replacement voucher today, you're already saving $35 and anything that you need for the rest of the year all of those benefits are built in there for you, even on a holiday. So I don't pay the $76 on Christmas morning. Right. Absolutely. If you have an emergency, we have folks here in the office taking calls. We do have technicians out in the field every day. There's always someone here for you. There's no blackout dates for any of those benefits. I love that as a homeowner. Yeah, that sounds amazing because usually, you know, since we're talking now on Thanksgiving Day, this this is how my luck typically <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, the in-laws over for dinner, toilet starts overflowing. What do I do? We got you, bro. And, you know, like I said, discounts in place every day. Let's get you moving forward, Brian. It sounds like that's going to be a good fit for you. Sign me up, Tracy. All right, you got it. Where's your credit card, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> One thing that, um, that, that I love about Tracy and the, the reason the uh, – the two owners of the business and the three managers, we used to go to a restaurant after our weekly management meeting every week where Tracy served us for years. Plus some other days. And yep, sometimes two days a week. <laughs> and um, eventually the owners in particular, but all, all five of us really just really started thinking Tracy would be a good fit for our, 
for this organization. Um, bad idea for our lunch's sake, <laughs> but uh, great idea for the company's sake. And it was because, as you could hear on that, you know, fake phone call where she was probably nervous, and we all know role playing is is tougher than doing it in real life. But she still killed it, in my opinion. And what you could see or hear from her was her sense of this is for me, for Brian. This is not for Tracy. Yeah, absolutely. She's not selling me something. She's, she's literally showing me that this thing will help me out and it, and it will help me out. I mean, I'm better off with it than without it. And that is the way she presents it. And she's, she's a servant at heart. She always was when she was serving us at the restaurant. It's been no different since she got here. I mean, it's no different when she's just walking through the hallway, actually offered me some of her lunch day before yesterday, (laughs) just just randomly saw me in the hallway with lunch and said, what's up? (laughs) Sure did. But, uh, that's, that's Tracy for you. And, and, um, it goes to show, I mean, she's, I don't know what she is top, probably top three in 2020 in plan sales and, and, uh, all of one hour Ben Franklin and Mr. Sparky, um, it's that's how she does it, and that's how it should be done. Is it's it's for the customer's sake. She's not selling them something. She's trying to fulfill a need, solve a problem, or help them reach a goal of some kind, and that is why she's so successful at it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Is that that genuineness um, that people crave, and that takes any idea about being sold off the table and says like, well, oh, that that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. And to be honest, guys, it's because I truly believe in the programs. I believe that there is value there for the homeowners. I'm not saying it because it's my job. I'm not saying it because I make however much money off of each one. I truly believe in it. And I think that the customers don't realize what's available to them. They also don't realize what they want or they need in certain circumstances. So it's my obligation to let them know, hey, this is absolutely something that is going to benefit you, whether it's short-term or long-term. I believe it. I've used it. It's awesome. And that's why there's riches in niches. <laughs> because you have mastered that niche, Tracy, and, yeah. and you present it as riches to the client. And, of course, that, that trickles down to you as well. Yep. And for those of you wondering, that was 3 minutes 47 seconds on that presentation. So I don't want to hear any excuses about how you don't have time. She knocked it out in just under four minutes. And Brian said, yeah, that's for me. Not to worry if you're uh, fortunate enough to work here at at our local uh, Ben Franklin One Hour, Mr. Sparky. Tracy's not going to leave you very many plans to sell when you get to that (laughs) house. You don't really have to worry about it. (laughs) Be pretty easy to uh, uh, learn something from my technique, maybe steal a couple of my catchphrases, because I'm always wandering around talking to somebody at a uh, rather loud volume. (laughs) Yeah, we have people come in. Well, we had a had a lady come in for something else to do with the business who just happened to overhear Tracy selling somebody a uh, what we call the the um, tribe branded family plan, which is they called in for one hour and she got them involved in plans for all three companies. <clears throat> and that lady just grabbed me and said how amazing <laughs> what she just heard was, and is is like how good. Tracy was on the phone and how blown away she was by the level of um, service just that that she that she showed on the phone that she just really seemed to care about the client where she thought she could have been talking to her aunt or something mm-hmm. like that and that's just how she talks to everybody 
Absolutely. Uh, it's just natural to me. That bonding, the rapport, the transfer of enthusiasm that Jamie talked about. Um, and you had mentioned earlier about, you know, folks in the restaurant indus- industry seem to be a good fit for the customer service role because that's all it is. It's, it's literally just you hone those customer service skills in every table you're at, every uh, customer you speak to, every iced tea that you pour. For me, it's always be- been incredibly easy for me to read people and immediately be able to match their vibe and communicate um, in a in a fashion that's good for them. You you took all that from it. <laughs> Not everybody does. Not everybody <laughs> in the hospitality industry becomes Tracy Martin. That's true. Sure. And thank goodness. Although <laughs> we'll <laughs> take more of you, Tracy. No about that. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to be served by more Tracys in the restaurant world. But for those of you uh, who are in charge of recruiting out there, make sure that you ask your financial officer for a, uh, a line item for lunches, uh, but it's under recruitment. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> let's, let's get out and do some recruiting, Nate. <laughs> hey, Tracy, I'd like to tag along. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so good that you are tagging along with us. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing for our businesses here. You continue to excel and achieve new heights, and we are super excited to see the future for you. Well, thanks, Nate. I'm super excited to be here. One of the hardest decisions I ever made making that career change. One of the best decisions I've ever made. So hopefully, just continue to grow with the company. Show you guys. It was a good move for you as well. Absolutely. It was. Well, we can't let you go without doing some uh, rapid fire questions here for you at the end. I've been sweating this all day. Yeah. (laughs) Like legit. Uh, All right. So number one, uh, since you have such history in the hospitality industry, what is the mark of a classy waiter or waitress? Cleanliness. Cleanliness, like on their body or how they present the food or what? Uh, Definitely on their body. I have seen some (laughs) unclassy looking uh, folks show up for work. I don't know what it is. Servers, they do not like to wash their aprons. Uh, I don't know if that's something you guys ever look at, but that server likely hasn't washed that apron in two weeks, and it shows. Definitely is a whole different presentation, whole different class when you show up in a clean shirt with a clean apron. You'd be amazed how that is not a priority to a lot of people. (laughs) The the technicians can can go along that same path, too, (laughs) as a matter of fact, when they get here for the morning meeting looking like they just pulled an overnighter. (laughs) All right. Uh, good, good advice for all of us. Um, okay. So uh, you, you publicly admitted that you're over 40. So that means that you've had your fair share of fashion trends in your life. What was your favorite fashion trend from any part of your life? Ooh. Well, man, Nate. Well, it certainly wasn't my last restaurant uniform. That one was a little kitschy, kind of what helped seal the deal that I didn't want to get dressed up in a getup anymore. Um, I'm going to say overalls. Overalls. When I was in high school, denim overalls was kind of a thing. It was cool. You could wear it with a T-shirt, tank top, one one strap off to the back looking super cool. Were you a one-strapper or two-strapper? Oh, usually two, but every once in a while if you're living on the edge – Gonna rock out that one, one strap, depending on where you're going. Okay, fair enough. All right. Um, if you were, if you were like a celebrity sponsor, like, you know, Tiger Woods does Nike, and you know, uh, whatever else, uh, Aaron Rodgers does auto insurance and things like that. What do you think would be the the product or brand sponsorship that you would be asked to promote? Am I allowed to say White Claw? 
<laughs> yep. Yep. All right. I said it. Okay. Yep. I got absolutely. You. Uh, no, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I think that sponsorship might be open. I'm not sure that I see a lot I'm of game. commercials. So. I'm game. I don't have a lot of free time, but uh, I'm game. Make, make some connections there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. First tape. I'm going to go with tape that you ever owned. Debbie Gibson out of the blue. All right. Debbie Gibson. Right? Yeah. Sounds good. Old school. You want to do a little karaoke for it? I was going to say, I can't remember any of the words, but I'm guessing if I hear it, I probably could, but I don't even hear the tunes in my head anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. Last one for you, Tracy. Uh, give us something that you're proud of in your life. Ah. I would say that I am proud of the person that I've become since I've come here. I had no idea that it would be almost, not to sound cheesy, life-changing. It was time for me to change my patterns of behavior. Um, it was time for a new setting, positivity, and it literally has helped me evolve into um, a person that I didn't realize was inside of me that I can be proud of. Uh, right down to now I drink water and I never drank water before. The little less, things. Less white claw. During office hours, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kudos to you, Tracy. That's that's awesome to hear, and we continue to encourage you on that journey. Hey, thanks so much for sharing uh, some time with us here on the podcast. It was a pleasure having you on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been fun. For those of you who are considering you want to learn more about this topic uh, and riches and niches, specifically around service agreements, hit us up. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on our website at wastenoday.com or look us up in the comments wherever you want to. But we'd love to hear more from you. And if you're interested in uh, joining our team, we are constantly hiring. Uh, we love having people of Tracy's caliber and beyond, not only in our office, but also out in the field. And so if you're interested, we'd love to hear from you. Have a conversation and see if there's a fit there. Outside of that, we want this podcast to serve as encouragement and challenge for you. We want you to remember that you have every opportunity to make the day what you want it to be. You have the choice to determine whether you have a niche. You have the choice to determine whether you're going to find the riches within that. It's all up to you and you have the opportunity to wake up every single morning and choose to waste no day. This podcast is a production of the South Central Pennsylvania branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and Mr. Sparky Electric.